The Live Radio Project was our last best hope for news. A self-contained podcast two hours long, located in neutral territory. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads, community members and developers. A shining beacon in space, all alone on a Tuesday night. It was the dawn of the third chapter of Elite. The year's space legs came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Ladian stations. The year is 3307. The name of the place? Lave Radio. Commanders, and welcome to episode 368 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, otherwise known as Colin Ford. I'm the Chief Archivist upon Lave Station, and then joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Chief Liaison Officer, Commander Psykit. Hi. Hello. Uh, we also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Uh, and joining us for uh, today's episode, we have our Chief Test Pilot and Chief Squeer, Commander Crash. Greetings. <laughs> Greetings. Welcome to have you back. Um, now, if you wish, you can join us live. I do believe uh, Commander Ventura is hanging around the uh, uh, live station itself. That's Chris. But yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, the Chris Mark Four is is hanging around Leave Station, and if you can't get to us in game, uh, you can find us. Uh, you can join us in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through LeaveRadio.com/live. Click on the live chat, or you can go to twitchtv radio YouTube slash Leave Radio, or on Facebook slash Leave Radio. So. Let us go round the team, see how they've been for the last week or so. Uh, we'll start with Commander Shan. How have you been? I've been pretty well, actually. Let me see. In-game, I'm still um, reaching around uh, the Galactic Core. So I've been um, doing some more Xeno gathering and avoiding any mother sh- any uh, fleet carriers or anything because I'm doing it old-school style. Um, out of game, let me see. I... Took advantage of Black Friday sales, and I uh, purchased a brand new coffee machine uh, for for us. And it's rather cool, actually, because you can um, customize the coffee how you want it um, by using an app. And then you can just use the app to say, I want a cappuccino with this much milk and this much coffee and this frothy and whatnot. So it's all app-based. The other cool thing about it is it's got two 
coffee holders. So Mr. Shan likes decaf. I like caffeinated, and you can just choose whichever coffee bin you want. And it actually makes gorgeous coffee. So I'm I'm learning how to do uh, mochaccinos and all sorts of things with it. So that was good. Um, test subject gamma was um, in trouble this week. Oh, what's Hobbs done? Well, it's not not really what he's done. It's kind of like I'm not sure whether my general talent for mischief has rubbed off on him or uh, he is a particular evil genius cat. Um, what, what, what he did was um, – because we shoot, because we shoot away from food, because we don't want him eating the, our food and stealing it off plates and things like that. But um, so uh, Mr. Shan was in our living room eating sort of her, her dinner, which had sausages and bacon and other stuff in it, because she's getting keto. And um, so she shooed the cat away from it and said, like, "Get away, Hobbs! You know, not for you." And um, so then Hobbs sort of looked at it, and then um, all of a sudden, like, laid down. And his breathing slowed down, and he wasn't asleep. He didn't look asleep. He looked dead. Oh, lovely. So, so Mrs. Shan was quite concerned about this dead-looking cat. It suddenly just keeled over and not breathing. So she rushed into the um, kitchen to find the vet's phone number, only to come back. There'd been a miraculous improvement, and Hobbs was uh, sitting on her chair eating her dinner that she'd left away. So... So, so the cat had played dead to the point of when Mrs. Shan went away so he could eat her dinner. I'm so proud of it already. It's amazing. I, I think that is definitely a... You can tell it's your cat, Shan. I, I certainly think... I also think you reaped what you saw. Well, I, I wasn't sure whether to kind of like admonish you or admire it really because you know it's such a such a genius thing to do to play to play possum <laughs> until they left but yeah so we have to watch out i think it's uh, and oh by the way if if people are thinking it hobbs is not the winking cat okay mm. I, you know that's not the sort of thing i would expect the winking cat to do what play dead <laughs> yeah to, to to plan a heist of that magnitude yeah it, it is a bit worrying uh, <laughs> psych it um have you got have you got any uh cat related uh shenanigans to match no that? no no cat related shenanigans none at all they're um they're they're good cats but i mean the only the only thing that um that one of my cats does is like at four o'clock in the morning when she decides that she wants to cuddle, she just starts chewing on my hair right at like the front of my hairline and just starts chewing um, until until I wake up and then she she has cuddles. That's normally any time between sort of half past two and five o'clock in the morning. Those are those are prime cuddle moments for Claude. Um, <laughs> but that's that's probably the the biggest. Shenanigans. shenanigans um when when pete was a kitten he threw himself into fajitas if that's uh um something else like cats like people food they really like people food so oh, sorry, you remind me psychic sorry um uh, the yeah, the uh, eldest mini shan's girlfriend who is applying to go up on bake-off this year or a year so she came around on saturday and made these amazing cupcakes to give out and stuff but so she went in the room to 
to distribute these cupcakes, leaving the spares covered in tinfoil and what she thought were protected in the kitchen. Hobbs then found them, managed to remove the top of the, uh, of the tin and actually ate a complete cupcake. I am beginning to wonder, is your cat is evolving opposable thumbs? <laughs> I don't know. I do, I, I do kind of worry, but uh, is, uh, based on what Psychic said, sorry, um, we don't have that problem because we have a cat containment room. We store it in the, um, in the nighttime. Because you do realise that as soon as it can work out a can opener, that's it, you're done. <laughs> well, yeah. we'll see. Moving on. Um, like back to you, Psychic. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, I'd love to be able to put our cats in a cat containment room, but they'd rip up the carpet in an attempt to get out because we've tried that before and it was that successful. Um, we have, uh, um, yeah, I, I've not really done much, I just played a lot of computer games. Um, <laughs> Like more, more, di- more dinosaurs in space. Really, I, I booked Spider-Man tickets. That happened this week. We have tickets for to see Spider-Man. Um, oh, the, on a Friday, the new the new Spider-Man film that's coming out. Yes, been, it's been a quiet week, really, for me. In game, in game, I've done um, lots of BGS stuff. Um, I've, I completely fitted and outfitted a courier and bought bought Stygian blue for it because it looks really nice with the um, with the lights on the courier and it's really lovely. A courier is that like a um, spicier version of a um, courier? Are oh, you God. are you complaining about the way that I speak, Shan? <laughs> are you really well, going to go there? <laughs> I'm, be- I'm, I'm, I'm being I'm being neutral here because we picked Colin up when he failed to pronounce words correctly, so it's only fair when when you do it. Uh, that, that's an that's an accent intonation. It's, it's, it can be courier as opposed to, uh, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. It's Korea. fine. Yeah. And go to your happy place. Go to your happy place. And while you're doing that, we'll go and ask how Crash is doing. Ah, oh, exhausted. I'm absolutely exhausted. <laughs> a complete opposite of Psychic, I think. I've just been so damn busy that I've got a list of things that I've been doing. I mean, um, in-game-wise, in I finally G5 modded all of my favourite things. So all of my suits and weapons are uh, got all of the toys. And, yeah, quite fun. does make a considerable difference fighting people. Apologies to to Ben and Miggles the other week when we got in the conflict zone and ended up on the wrong sides. See? Love you guys. Oops. Um, <laughs> entirely accidental. Entirely accidental. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's great fun with that now. I'm, I'm working on upgrading some of the other toys, playing around with the Executioner, seeing uh, how different that is to use that one, and you know, just toying around with some of the other different options. Um, it's kind of frustrating. I, I wish there was a try before you buy option for some of the things. It takes so long to get the suits and the mods the way that you want them. And then yeah. after you've applied some of them, you're like, ah, did I really want that one? You know? But anyway, yes, yeah, st- uh, streaming wise, well, I, unfortunately, I didn't m- didn't make the stream last week because I, I felt a bit ill the week before that. My son, I had to cut it off midway through because he had snuck into the kitchen, ate an entire pack of Oreos and painted his bedroom with it. Um, oh, lovely. <laughs> so I had to cut the stream off to clean that up. Yay. Um, this weekend, literally just, but I've got to give a shout out. I went to see the real Chief Beef. Uh, it was his wedding on Sunday. Bless them. So congratulations to them both. Um, for those of you who don't know, he was uh, uh, one of the folks that was picked to help it with Planko. Uh, and he uh, he was actually the mascot. He was Chief Beef at some of the events. And we've stayed mm. in touch ever since. Lovely chat. Uh, so congratulations to them both. 
what else have I been doing? I've been 3D printing all the things, as I, as I mentioned at the start. I've, I've got both of my printers up and running now. So, yeah, I've been getting back into that. I've been toying around with the idea of trying to 3D print a, a Tormentor, because, goddamn, I love that little sidearm. It's it's my favourite little gun. So <laughs> I'd love to do that. Uh, what else did I do? I, I went to see the new Ghostbusters. Absolutely fantastic. Would highly recommend it to anyone. Really, really good film. Yeah, yeah just, just in crazy busy. Just it's that time of year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I can understand that. Let's see what have I been up to this week. Well, I've been doing a massive amount of elite, uh, mostly involved kicking the NMLA's bottom from all around my hood, uh, and also doing a lot of exploring. And yeah, we'll probably come across some of the other things I've been up to later. Apart from that, it's just been a case of um, getting things ready just to finish off this Bloom and Study DIY update. So you know. Almost there. It's just get it out of the way. How's uh, that going? How's that going? Is he, are you pleased with the results? Or actually, put this: Mrs. Colin is pleased with the results. Oh, good. So there's no shells that have fallen off. And if I was nope. to go along with the spirit level, it would all be level, and the bubble would be in the middle, and everything. I, I have I have set up um, proper shells that are line up with existing shells, and it all looks all color coded and. Yay. <laughs> what colour are they? Are they white, brown, or...? Uh, black and white. So it kind of looks like a checkerboard at the moment. You know, um, uh, a chess. It does. It looks like a 3D chess set, actually, now that I'm looking around. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, so moving on from what we're up to, uh, for those of you who are wondering, uh, Ben, Commander Ed Pies. <laughs> He's, I'm going to get my own back after last week. Ate the pies. Come on, ate the pies. Ate the pies. No, ate the pies. Who ate all the pies? Yes. Um, he's he's not with us today as he's he's being family person up up north. Um, apparently, he's got his own DIY jobs to sort out. And then <laughs> he got angry with me in the forums telling me that I got his name wrong again. Me? Get his name wrong? Really? The thing is, though, with no Ben, that means this is a malarkey-free zone again. Oh, I don't know. Psychic has the reputation to occasionally. I, I was going to say, <laughs> going to say, slip into Ben's position. D- D- double entendre? Are you talking about double entendre there? It could Sorry, be. Shan, am I pronouncing that correctly for you, sir? <laughs> That's acceptable. Okay, I'll make sure that I continue to talk this way for you. What, what, Pip, Pip? <laughs> sounds like Mrs. Slocum. <laughs> I know, I'm working on it really nicely. It's great. Sometimes, well, well, sometimes side... I do accents, but very rarely. Well, side does have a pussy, so, you know. Oh, I've got two. I've got two. And I've got a, a dog as well. Wow. Holy shit. Calm down, man. Oh uh, dear. And we're off, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> right, let's go and have a, a divert everybody's attention uh, with some development news. Well, they had um, Zach and Bruce on the stream today, uh, and they had some Super Cruise news, which the, the headline can only be said Update 9 is out next week. Now, I do believe, I think I got that one. Because <laughs> everybody else was saying the 15th. No, I thought I was the 9th week. 
occupy with the eight or nine. I can't remember, but I. Well, still next sure. week. So yeah, they haven't actually given us an exact day because they're still testing, but they are aiming for next week. So yay! And although they didn't actually show any um, any footage of the new SRV, because apparently that will be coming later in the week, probably Thursday or Friday, uh, they did have a dev a, a couple of devs on the stream. Uh, one talking about the limbic controller, and the other one talking about the new mission givers. So let's start with the new limbic controller. Um, first of all, uh, it is—it's not a replacement for existing limbic controllers, controllers, but it's kind of a combination limbic controller. Um, they've gone for a kind of role-based. So if you are a um, some kind of, uh, oh, they've given it kind of. Uh, categories like a Xeno Olympic controller, rescue, mining, operative, and universal, and each one of these will hold a different set of limpets that you can you can set off. Um, let's let's go around the room. Do you think this one is? Have they got it right? So we start with Shan. Um, looking at the chart that's going to be in the show notes, uh, I think that. They got it pretty right because the um, the matching of like the mining and the repair and things like that, they, they do kind of fit. Although I was a bit, I wasn't quite sure how a hat breaker fitted in with the repair section. But I missed the stream, and I know you're on it, Colin. They mentioned about module sizes having um, having a meaning or a function. Did did they um, expand on that more? Because that's the bit I missed and didn't quite get. Oh, I think Colin's gone. I think he has, yeah. It's not just me, then. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was yes, quiet. I would. Did, did anyone else watch it? Probably. I, I, was, I was streaming, so I didn't catch a lot of it. Yeah, unfortunately. It, they always seem to do it at an awkward time of day when I'm either like uh, working, cooking, cleaning, or something. I'm doing something, and I'm not able to watch it. But I was about to ask the same thing. Was When we look at the Universal, you can see that we've, we've got all of the programmable types which are there. My question is, what is the con there? I mean, obviously, that seems like the perfect choice. Efficiency. Um, yeah, that, that's what I what I asked when I had I had multiple people reporting back to me what was going on. Um, and I, I what what's the con? Why would you not have something like this for everything? You know, and it's um, efficiency. Um, apparently, I that that's as much as I know. Um, and I think isn't the universal. Only like the largest size that you can get. Yeah, that's size seven. But again, would you really want to use a size seven slot for a module for a limpet thing that can do everything? Because if you're mining, you want to maximize cargo space, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You wouldn't want the size seven. Potentially, maybe with a um, anaconda. Will an anaconda fit a size? I don't fly anacondas very often. Will an anaconda fit a size? Seven. Oh, it, oh, it, 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 it would fit, um, but you'd. But what I'm well, saying what you is, you'd want the cargo. You, you, you're, you're sacrificing a lot of cargo space for it. Uh, 128 tons, if I remember correctly. Over over seven a fuel scoop. Again, I'm not sure I'd be having that big a fuel scoop on my on a ship that was mining. But anyway. Oh no, um, I wasn't talking about mining. Just like in general, for uh, um for an anaconda, like maybe that would be really good, but. You'd be missing out on the fuel scoop for it. 
if you're playing yeah. in the size seven slot. I don't know where it would be applicable. Well, the, the Chris Mark IV has said you can only equip one multi-use controller, so mm-hmm. you can't you can't you can't like com- you can't like have all of them in slot threes. You have to choose what the one. Yeah. Um, so, in, do we have a news from Colin, by the way, or are we carrying on? His PC's just crashed. He'll be with us at a moment, yeah. I would imagine. Just keep going. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's contagious. Literally, as I was talking, my PC blue screened. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I missed what you said. It's all going to <laughs> shit. <laughs> We're going wrong. It's it's spreading. But no, so so you're saying um, the size seven is is the efficiency. I think we were just just heard the end of that. But, yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. with everything, when, when there's a when there's a um, multitude of uh, things that it can do, um, you, you're sacrificing the efficiency. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think that's a good compromise. I think like I like the way they've done that there actually, and being able to have a universal one, I think, is great. But then also being able to have a multi-role one, I could think of lots of different things I want to do with my ships to tweak and tune them. So I'm looking forward to that. Looks good. So do we know what you mean by efficiency? Does that mean, for example, you lose range if you use the multi-limpet controller? Do you lose numbers of uh, max numbers of limpets or something? Do we know what efficiency is? I don't. Um, that was the the only full confirmation I had was that it wasn't a, a downgrade to the efficiency of the um, item. So whether they've been a little bit more candid about that for now. I guess it would be a combination of those stats. I mean, that is the two key things with, with any other the limpet controllers is the operational range and the number of active limpets, the, the length of time that they can stay active and that yeah. kind of thing. So I, I guess you'd lose a lot of those stats to make them fair. I mean, you have to find some balance in there because that is the other worry, as great as this is from from, from my perspective. I love the fact that I can tweak and tune and customise my ship. It does a bit like the engineering stuff, it kind of erodes away the specialization of certain ships, doesn't it? Because if you can make one ship that does everything, why use other ones? Yeah, true. True. You have a you have a good point. I'm quite excited about the mining one. The the, mm. the mining one, like having having one which uh, a controller that will prospect and then I will be able to have collect Olympics out as well with it. Um feels like it would be more efficient. Absolutely. This one, this one, there's one um, limpet here that I'm not aware of. Uh, recon is that the same as research? Because research on the Xeno one, they've got um, decom, decom, uh, decon, um, yeah, decontamination, understandable. Repair, understandable. Research, understandable. But where in the game at the moment is the recon limpet? It's the data points, isn't it? Did they not miss out a T? In that retcon, retcon. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh dear! I was literally about to say, "Who are you calling a retcon?" <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, "What the?" Fuck? Yeah. So I, I take it the universal one—that's going to be the biggest one we can get. It is, yeah, yeah. That's and all the others are going to be class three. That's kind of a shame that that's size seven because I would have loved. The, a size one or something, so I could squeeze it in my sidewinder. Uh, a, a size seven, a seven slot is, if I'm, if I'm remembering it right, is 128 tons. So, are, are we really saying that the combined weight of all that equipment is 128 tons? 
Never underestimate how much programming that you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's all printed out first. It's, it's on paper. It's fed back through. A punch cards. It's like it's seven cool. different 3D printers printing those limpets to do exactly the right thing. Exactly. That's what the sitch is. Oh, man. Sorry, eight. So, it sort of reminds me of like the, um, the, the computers in Star Trek or even the ones in real life from the 1940s. You know, it is the... It is that sort of like a big computer, isn't it? Yeah, uh, you just need to to watch the um, the imitation game, and you see what Turing came up with, and you just looked at it and went, "Oh, and that's that's what 128 bytes, is it?" <laughs> As an aside, um, it actually requires quite a lot of computing power even today to uh, break Enigma in the same way Turing did. Or to brute force it, sorry. To brute force it takes a lot of computing power. Oh, that's something interesting. Um, right, so I think everybody is in favour of the uh, multi-limpid controller. Uh, one thing that did surprise me, though, um, it's coming to Horizons as well. Is it really? I'm so impressed. Yeah, ap- apparently, well, all the way through, there was a lot of people nagging um, uh, all the way through the... Uh, uh, the stream they were saying, is it coming for Odyssey or Odyssey and Horizons? Um, because they weren't answering, they were getting more and more sniffy about it. And then Zach at the very end said, oh, before I forget, it's coming to both Horizons and Odyssey this, which shut a lot of people up. Zach is such a troll. I love him so much. Yeah, it's just sort of, it, it would have been nice if they said that at the beginning of the piece so that we didn't have all the, the, the whinges going through on the, on the thing, but never mind. Um, you know... Anyway, um, so the dev that they had on there explained uh, a lot of the uh, the functionality, and it was it was nice to see um, a dev. On. I can't remember um, who it was though. I'm so embarrassed. I forgot to put it into the notes. However, we did have a second dev on the stream, good old Dominic, and uh, he was there talking about the new mission givers at settlements. Now this does intrigue me because these mission givers. They're going to be walking around the settlements, and they could get killed. <laughs> the mission givers get killed. Yeah. So if you kill one, mm. and someone else comes along, does the is a mission giver gone? Uh, apparently, they say yes. That is a possibility, uh, and also the um, uh, <laughs> they they say they've got contingencies. But that mission giver, if say for instance you take a mission from someone at a settlement. You go off and do the mission, and meanwhile, Mr. Shooty McShooty Face turns up and wipes out the settlement. You come back, and there'll be nobody there. That sounds great. That sounds just like you used to do in you in Skyrim or even The Sims. <laughs> you just go along and kill the NPCs. Crash? I'm going to apologize in advance for anyone looking for mission givers. It's totally not my fault. I just needed the materials. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I'm really bad at driving my SRV. I couldn't help but run over it. <laughs> beep, beep. Yeah, apparently, uh, you know how people um, walk around, this, uh, NPCs walk around the settlements. The, these mission givers won't be in the same place, in the same uh, part of the settlement like there is in the uh, uh, in the social area on the space stations. They're, they're, they will be genuinely walking about. So after you've completed your mission, You've still got to run around the entire base to find them. 
Go on, Crush. I was going to say, I can see I got that could be kind of annoying, but yeah, you, I suppose you could just go up to one of the comms panels, couldn't you, and, and find the staff list to find them, so... Yeah, I mean, once you once you find them on the comms panel, the, a little um, direction finder appears on your HUD and you'll be able to follow it to them. Um, I wonder if this time they've actually fixed the uh, the mouth animation so that when they speak to you, their mouth moves. <laughs> I had noticed that, yeah. A little bit off-putting. Yeah, I mean, I still think it's great. and I, I, I do like actually going and communicating with other people. Um, well, NPCs, rather. It, it just feels a little bit better than just picking up a package yeah yeah it does make the world feel a bit more lived in and and, and more active and, and interactive as well uh, i i just hope there's i mean did they mention anything there about like additional mission types and things or is it the same mission types just slightly different quest givers um well it's just different quest givers but they didn't actually say anything more about mission types and that's one thing that does worry me because we know that it needs these missions need a bit more variety. They also need a bit more space in them, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely like to see a few more kind of like like branching options in them and things like that. Because you know, once you've done a few of them, it's like they, they're great the first few times, but yeah, they do get quite stale quite quickly. So yeah, nice to see some more options. Yeah, um, is this appealing to you, Psychic, or will you just wait until Mal does a mission and then? No, no, no. I was, I was talking about it earlier today, actually. That because um, uh-huh. I did a lot of um, like fetch quest quest missions where you go and you find a lad in a um, in a base, and they're always just sort of like um, sitting there or standing there, unmoving, waiting for you to appear. And I, I was, um, uh, I made a passing comment that it would be nice. Um, because you have to go to the terminal and find out where the hell they are anyway, it would be nice to have um another or like another opportunity to um to see them walking around and obviously see their lips move would be great as well. Um <laughs> I it would be it would be a really nice added bonus to actually have them feel like a part of the settlement. There's um definitely something missing from um like settlements are great and everything and they look great and they're a lovely set piece but it's very for me they they miss that living and breathing section um and i'd I'd like to see more things that allow the that bring the settlements to life a little bit more rather than just people walking around that you can you can zap up the arse and then um Mm -hmm. have have done your assassination all covert like yeah. So are, are we going back to the I used to be a spaceman, but then I took a laser to the knee sort of thing? I, I mean, having having conver- hearing people having conversations is great when you hear it in the um, in the concourses. That's a really uh, I really think that's a cool um, addition, especially because they tend to talk about what is going on in the BGS at the moment and sort of going, oh, there's a drought drought here, public holiday, or um, there's a war on things like that. And I really like that that, but there's there doesn't seem to be any doesn't seem to be a lot more of that in the settlements and they feel really uh, a little bit lax and barren to me i'm seeing people more people walk around or have more people that you can interact with rather than just a just a, just i say just a salute but we're 5 years down the line and we now have salutes um it 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 would be it feels more um i just want to see like more breath and more life within those stations yeah i can see that although 
you are you are in danger if it's too repetitive of it becoming like free guy you know where they walk past and everyone says the same thing every time you walk past them or something so i guess it's effort versus reward i suppose with that right yeah mind you i've been waving at everybody and occasionally an npc waves back which i think is quite nice <laughs> it's a shame you can't make a rude sign at them and then they either shoot at you or return the favor or something all right, so you're basically wanting to flip people the bird. You're wanting a flip the bird emoji already, are you? Oh, why not? Surely it's the first thing people will try. Yeah, that's that's that uh, says a lot about human nature, right there. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's that seems to be coming in for update nine, uh, and on top of that, we have the SRV. Now they're being very cagey about the SRV. I think they're they're wanting to show off as being the next big thing. Um, do you think that was a good idea, or do you think they should have hyped it up a little bit more? I think they're keeping it in reserve. I think they're keeping a lid on it as it simmers until the time comes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I expect that we'll probably uh, see more about this at a later point uh, because we've had a look at the ske- uh, the schedule, the social schedule for the, for this week. Um, and they're doing a yearly review on Friday. Apparently this, um, uh, we've got, um, you know, the, 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 the development, reviews yeah, that we yeah, normally yeah. have at the end of the month. They're having a, a yearly review and what the CM team will be up to next year. Now, it doesn't actually go into any details about what will be coming next year. I mean, obviously, there'll be the walking around the fleet carriers and um, maybe that would be it. Shan? Um, I'm intrigued to what will be in it because I think this this content in that we would want to see, or a lot of the players would want to live here, and then there's content in it that maybe won't be in it. If it's going to mean, so I'm very curious to see what the official frontier take on the past year is, I think. Yeah, I mean, that is going to be quite interesting to uh, to compare Psychic. <laughs> I think it's important to note, though, that this is going to be the end of the year community update as opposed to um, this is um, everything that we're developing going forwards. I think um, we're more likely to see maybe some changes, potentially some changes or some new additions to the community team um, or like p- people people being moved around. Some people maybe not being quite as involved in Elite anymore and maybe other people coming coming more into it. Um, and also talking about what they've done as a as the community managers rather than what they've done as far as elite is concerned. And I know that the two things are are interlinked, but um, I don't think if you're expecting it to be a this is a dev review of the year, I don't think we're going to get that. Yeah, I see. Uh, yeah, they did say that they were doing things a little bit differently this month because it is the um, this close to Christmas. So I do know that. Um, I think everybody they'll be they'll be locking down the uh, the development process and putting in change freezes and things like that at the moment, as they normally do. Well, and then we probably won't hear anything from uh, anything new about new tools or stuff till mid January. I'm afraid, because uh, I'm afraid they say that's normally the way these things happen over Christmas. Um, I mean, there was oh, go on, Shan. No, I was going to ask so. 
will it just be will it be the community managers view of the year or will they have articles from developers senior developers the sound guys the graphics guys etc um i think it's just going to be the cm team and then on top of that they might touch on uh you know the the continuing story because that seems to be um i know it's something that i think our feels he's got control of <laughs> <laughs> I'm just purely speculating here. Uh, although I must admit, after last week's episode, I have to public—I had to publicly apologise on the forums. <laughs> Why? Before? What happened last of, week? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. What I can only describe as the half thirst. That no, I, 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 I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, no. <laughs> Anyway, we shall move on from that. Sorry, is that the comment that was related to Arf's physical stature? It was Ben. It was all Ben. Ben did yeah. all of it. it. It was all Ben. So um, you said yourself you wanted no malarkey this week, uh, Shan. So don't don't push us in the, the direction of malarkey. I wasn't. You started it. No, I was just saying that I had to apologise for it. Last week's malarkey. Anyway. Um, the other thing that they did mention was that um, the stunt competition, uh, they're, they're pretty close to actually doing the stunt competition uh, video, uh, Zach and Bruce. Um, I, I'm going to love to see what they're going to do with this. I mean, I don't know whether they're going to do, you know, silly um, wipeout style commentary or, or things like that as, as people tumble and do fantastic acrobatics in an SRV. <laughs> um, so I think we will move on to the in-game events so what has been happening this week well on the 24th of November um, Gatekeeper megaships have been established now I must have missed this because I've, I've normally got uh, most of the uh, permits that I need but um, what are Gatekeeper megaships Path. <laughs> <laughs> I can make a guess, but I don't know. I mean, presumably, are they part of the Colonia Bridge? No, no, no they're, they're not. They're, they're, I think they, they help commanders get permits to, to lock systems. So, so is this is this from what? before? So with the um, the Hayford's cash stuff, mm. we visited we visited a beacon. Very late on, you visit a beacon, and that gives you automatically a system permit. Is this? I, I, this must have escaped me. I must not have noticed this one, but um, it is this tantamount to that kind of um mechanic? So you just go somewhere, be in the vicinity of this mega ship, and then suddenly you've got the permit, rather than rather than bending over backwards for some of the things to get. Like yeah, because friendly with Sirius XYZ and all of those. Yeah, things. you used to. You in the. You used to have to um, uh, become friendly. Let's say if you wanted uh, access to Alioth, you would have to uh, run missions for Alioth Independence until you basically were basically an ally, and mm. then on top of that, you'd have to wait for a mission to spawn where the reward was the Alioth permit. It, it was an awful grind. It really was. And it seems, according to this, uh, factions responsible for the distribution of conditional access permits have deployed so-called gatekeeper megaships to neighbouring systems. 
So I'm assuming that you go to this place and get the permit? Unless there's a system, unless there's a system that has had um, all of its uh, all of its factions other than its home station that's gone into retreat. And it's one of these ones that you need a, um, you need a, a permit for. And this is just a, um, a fail safe that there will be mega ships out there that you can still get these, uh, get missions from, get things on to do all of the stuff that you need to do in order to still get friendly with that faction and their sort of like permanent residences. Ah, right, gotcha. That, that's a possibility. I, I don't know for certain, obviously, but um, uh, that that could kind of explain them from like a gameplay mechanic, other yeah. than um, other than story based, because that that feels like something that is having to be shoehorned in just so people can still get access to these these systems. systems. Yeah. Shan? I'm not sure about that, Michalik, if it is correct, you know, about the gateway ships, because one of the things the existing getting a permit uh, system taught was about the BGS. You kind of had to learn about the BGS a bit to get your permit. And if you make that skippable, Mm-hmm. Will will that make the BGS less attractive to people? I don't know, um, I don't know that well, it's necessarily making them skippable, rather than it's just negating it being negating there being a situation wherein you won't be able to gain access to the um to the yeah. to the the system in question because the the ownership of the mega ships remains a constant. Ah, uh, right, Jonathan. Tea time in the in the uh, and make and Commander Makles. Uh, they've both said that uh, they're really there to prevent a faction who would normally be able to give permits via missions from getting erased via the yeah. BGS. Um, the mega ships are immune to the BGS wiping them out. So that means that Alioth independence will always be in the appropriate system they need to be in order for you to get that permit. Well, um, yeah. I've, I, I mean, did that think that was sense. flaw. Go, uh, go on, Sean. No, so that that does make sense because there are a number of permits you can no longer get in game because the faction's got hammered. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of does make sense. But then I like the fact that the permits you couldn't get in game anymore because it gives a sense of consequence. Yeah. But then it, it restricts, it can restrict people from accessing engineers because I know there's an engineer in Alioth and that's one of the reasons why people go there. I'm one yeah, serious as well. Yeah. yeah, but that's part of the engineer. That's part of the engineering process, isn't it? You have to unlock and get the, the Alioth permit. I mean, but but if you couldn't get the Alioth permit from a faction that was close enough to Alioth to offer you that that thing, because that faction had been retreated from the system, there would be no way of you say say just Alioth was on it. Uh, Alioth independents were on their own in Alioth. You would have no way as someone without a um, Alioth permit to um, interfere with the BGS to help them expand. There's, there's no, you would just be as like a new player wanting access to Alioth. You would be not able to access that. And that would just be something that you would have to live with. This is giving um, players that opportunity to be able to, gain access to those places with a constant outside of the outside of the system that they need to gain access to. I see how it works out, I guess. 
Mm. Well, um, thanks to everybody in the chat room for clearing that up because uh, I must admit this one completely passed me by. Um, the next one was the Far God Mega Ship. Surprise, surprise, has been hijacked by Theta 7 and redirected to the Mudhurid system. I am, am I pronouncing that right? Mudhurid? I just pronounce it Madrid because it's funny. Madrid. Uh, yeah, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Um, so yes, so th obviously Theta Seven they redirected his uh, his megaship there, um, and of course once that megaship arrived, that meant there were two NMLE megaships in uh, Madrid or Madrid, whichever, um, and that has now gone and triggered a um, combat community goal and. At this moment in time, I do believe the NMLA are getting hammered two to one. <laughs> in fact, I'm, I'm, I'd be surprised if it hasn't finished by now. It's finished. It's finished. And uh, victory to the Empire, I do believe, because they were, they were almost there yesterday. Um, which, yeah. Which yeah, is, is because this is the first time you got no material reward for fighting for the Empire. If the NMLA had won, you would have got um, corrosive missile racks. So that's the first time the community said, now we don't want a fancy new thing for our ships. We just want to kick the M NMLA. How does that sound, Shan? I mean, does that sound like they've, they've, uh, they've gone and spoiled something? No, I don't think so. No? You expected so, that to happen? Oh, go on, Crash. It makes a refreshing change for the uh, you know people to not be selfish and go after the <laughs> the toys. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's the that's the thing that surprised me. As soon as I saw that um, Denton Petraeus wasn't offering anything but basically money, but the NMLA were offering missile racks, I thought, oh, that means the NMLA might actually win this one. But it turns out that I think the community have decided that the NMLA need wiping out, which was. Uh, Quite nice. Um, on the 25th of November, um, the Dredger clan has now been freed by Orion University. Um, they have, uh, Orion University have uh, allowed the Dredger to, to move on, uh, but um, they are going to honour its outcome, withdraw its claim over the Dredger, and uh, everybody can collect their rewards from the appropriate places in HIP 43670. Uh, moving on from there, uh, we've got um, the Colonia Bridge project is to be extended to 3308. Now, I actually, um, and I actually came across one of these Colonia mega ships the other day. Um, as I was, uh, there's one in the Eagles Nebula, and it's the first time I've been able to walk around one of these things. Um, is it supposed to have everything, all facilities there, or is it supposed to be just a couple of things missing? Crash. No, I think I think they're limited in functionality, though. Um, but I was going to say, I mean, are they actually marked? Because you said you stumbled across it, but are they searchable? Can you find them? <laughs> um, well, I only knew it was there because when I dropped into, um, I think it was Eagles. Mm -hmm. Eagle's Nest. I think that um, the it appeared on the uh, on the HUD, um, right? On, did, on the map panel. Yeah, but I couldn't see anywhere in the galaxy map where it said that there was a yeah. Um, 
one of these mega ships. That's um, that's kind of my concern since the start of the project. I think and it's a great idea for people who are kind of intimidated by the idea of going back and forth to Colonia. Um, so definitely for newer players, it'd be a really, really good thing to have it in there. But if they are so obscure and difficult to find that you have to search the forum or <laughs> some, some other external tool to find the locations of them, they're next to useless if they're unfindable. Yeah. Well, approximately, there's now approximately 56 of these mega ships uh, spreading all the way to uh, uh, between Colonia. Um, I mean, I'm I'm at number 20. I think it's number 20 that uh, is out at the Eagle Nebula. So um, I'm going to go a different way because I know every other sh every other uh, system between these mega ships are now going to be explored and and basically nitpicked to death. So I'm going to have to go a different, longer route in order to get my name on more planets. So, can yeah. you search for them? Can you like in game? Because aren't they all called like CB and then the, the hyphen and then the number or something? So can you can you actually search for them like that in game? I don't know. I mean, I will actually check because well, do I they have a do they have a population? They don't seem to. Yeah, it, they don't seem to because when I checked the uh, the system map before the the uh, mega ship went in, it was still a population of ten thousand. So that number hasn't gone up. So unless everybody is just putting it in ED discovery um, and just logging them, well, uh, that's the answer, isn't it? You just yeah. wait. You just wait and look it up. Wait, it, wait, look it up. Neither Canon or um, one of the third party sites will have a list before you know it um so yes the next step uh the next phase is scheduled to commence on the 6th of january 3308 uh, and this will add starports to key locations along the routes not megaships actual starports and it will uh, allow people um to also address the availability of tritium so Yes, uh, Colonial Bridge pro uh, project to be continued next year. Um, after that, uh, the fallout from uh, the previous week's CG is Admiral Ana Tanner is now facing criminal charges because of the um, <clears throat> the recent events in the T Tari system. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, it does feel like Aegis has now just gone the way of the dodo. Anybody else? Yeah, they're buggered. <laughs> I think there'll be a merger. I think there'll be an acquisition or a merger. Yeah, I mean, they're even saying that, that there are talks that um, from uh, a lot of the the powers to actually contact Salvation to tr to try and uh, enlist his help. And the Federation is saying perhaps we should take our Aegis, ring-fenced Aegis money and send it and give it to him instead. And it'll be so ironic if uh, basically it's proven in the end that Aegis was right all along. Mm. Uh, so, yes, if found guilty, um, he will be dishonorably discharged and then imprisoned for life, which is uh, yay. And of course, finally, the Thargoid invasion of Nebula systems has intensified. Now, we're going to touch on this later, but it does seem that systems in the California, the Colsac, the Pleiades, and the Witchhead Nebula are now under sustained assault by the Thargoids. And I must admit, um, 
I'm afraid to say the anti-Zeno initiative, as as hard as they are trying, they're having difficulties removing those uh, those infestations, if you like to call it. So yeah, that's our the battle of the our, our um, in-game events for this week. Uh, right, I think it's that time of the week. Score a lot. reason that we've used um, uh, the opera one again is because this week we've actually got story alerts which I think deserves them because <laughs> we didn't get one we got two um, obviously the first one was the uh, the much anticipated midnight black paint jobs have returned for Black Friday uh, and I know the, this is the first time that I bought arcs in about a year so just so that I could get some uh, paint jobs for my for my imperial ships uh, and that was followed up by sty um this the stygian stygian paint jobs uh which turned up on monday uh which are the the wonderfully um metallic reds and, and brasses and, and uh greens um uh, <laughs> like i said i managed to i i gave in and bought some anybody else uh no, I I considered the the midnight skins, but uh, the shop said I kind of had them all. So I had I was, I was struggling to look for things I could I actually wanted. But then I sort of thought, well, I need to save the money for the um, special effect event on uh, a week Friday. Yes. <laughs> did you give in, like it? Hell yes! Oh yes, I did. Of course, I did. <laughs> I got um. I got the, the, the black skin for yep. a couple of ships. Um, and then I bought the Stygian blue, as I said earlier, um, because it goes really nicely with the Kui's, um, uh blue lights. It looks very pretty. Uh -huh. So I did that. I did that today. Um, and I've got Stygian purple on so many of my other ships already. So it's a beautiful, beautiful skin. They're, um, they're gorgeous paint packs. They are. I mean, uh, I, I love the red ones. I, I mean, I've got quite a lot of the purple ones, but I do love the red ones as well. Um, and I'm not really a fan of the blue or the green for some reason, but yeah. Um, so, uh, the these will be disappearing um, and well, they'll be available until December the 3rd. Uh, and then after that, they'll probably disappear for another year. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Then it's um, chrome, 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 chrome. Come on. And then it'll be Santa hats. <laughs> <laughs> you want you basically want Santa bobbleheads. That's the year. You? That's the rest of the year sorted. <laughs> Is that why you're not you're not buying any more you're you're saving the arcs you've just bought just for a Santa bobble hat? No, I bought I bought something else today and I can't remember what it is. I'm gonna have to buy more arcs. It's bad. Yeah. 
yes. Oh, Crash, were you tempted? Or have you got... Um, I, yeah, that was kind of the problem, actually. I was looking at the Midnight Black ones. I was scrolling through. It was like, you own this, you own this, you own this. Ah, But, um, yeah, the only other one that I really liked the look of was the Stygian Red to go on Bessie. And I, I own that, too. <laughs> so, oops. Yeah, they're just not giving enough. They're not making enough available for you. That's, that's the thing. Um, but, yeah, they are... Uh, they are absolutely gorgeous, the, the Stygian ones. Um, although, I must admit, I think I've got the iridescent gleam on a couple of my ships, and I, did, I haven't seen that around for a while. Um, okay, so I, I think what we'll do... Uh, oh, we'll just point out from the from the Opera Mix, um, I have heard back from JN Tracks, and um, he's he's... He is very pleased, and his missus is very pleased by the reaction that everybody had towards the uh, the opera store alert. Um, so ah, apparently, she was a little worried that she hadn't got the hadn't got the uh, essence of the piece right. But <laughs> uh, you get the feeling that she's a bit of a perfectionist. I'm like, no, that was that was brilliant. I really like that version. Yes. Uh, Went down quite well in the forums as well. <laughs> right, um, I think we will take a short break and we'll come back with our main discussion. Want to tour the frontier? Travel with Colmac Reeve and our new fleet of passenger starliners. We've opened up the universe for a range of budgets. Option one, luxury. My husband and I like to travel in comfort. The new luxury cabins were like a home away from home. After all, one's home is a castle. Option two, first class. We'd saved up a bit for a really special trip. The first class cabins were like nothing we've travelled in before. Really luxurious. Option three, travel cabin. We won a trip with Cormac Reeves' monthly lotto. A travel cabin for two on a starliner around the solar system. Once in a lifetime for us, simply amazing. Option four, basic accommodation. Me and my mates just wanted to hitch around the universe. It's so great that we have the option of getting a really cheap cabin to see the sights. It saved us loads. And for the budget conscious and slaves, we have our cheapest option yet. Well, I needed a... And we won't sell any of those frozen passengers into slavery. I promise. Colmac Reeves All Budget Tours. Seeing the galaxy from luxury to freezing tubes. Do you suffer from problems with incontinence? If you do, then our pee pads are for you! Yes, Commander, your very own pee pad while you're out there exploring in the universe. Then you can go whenever you feel the need. No need for a toilet pesking back there and then having to wonder how do they deal with the poop? No, you just go in the pad and discard it at your local station. Let them worry about the physics of disposing of sewage in space. That's not your problem, Commander. Ah... <sighs> This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. 
If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Welcome back. And as a side note, um, as mentioned by the Fuel Rats just there, we have to congratulate Commander Edelweiss for um, managing to get his tail. He's now an official Fuel Rat. So... Big round of applause to, to Ben Yay. there. Yes, so <laughs> you will be rescued, but also, do they have an innuendo limpet? <laughs> In whose endo? Hey! There we go. Ah, anyway. Now, Shan, you wanted to go uh, uh, and, and bring this subject up. Um, do you want to take it? Yeah, well... I was thinking about uh, a main topic um, to have this week, and um, I sort of hit on the, the the subject of whatever happened to. And uh, I was thinking of we try and remember player initiatives we wish it happened. So these are ones that either were planned and didn't happen, or we wish someone had come up with the idea but it never came off. Uh, which of the player initiatives deserve a sequel? And uh, which ones do we wish had never happened in the first place? <laughs> well, okay. Um, you got an example that you that burn, that uh, burns in your mind? Yeah, I mean, one I wish had had actually happened, and this goes way, 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 way back before, um, even before beta, in that there was a a group of players who had got together who wanted to mount a long-term expedition to the center of the galaxy, to the galactic core. And they were under the, they were under the impression that getting there would be horrendously difficult. It would be like a real epic journey, like going to Beagle Point used to be. And they'd gathered like 150-odd commanders together to try and get to the galactic core and, and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, as soon as the galaxy opened up, uh, Commander Romero got there in about three days. So it kind of blew that idea out of the water. But the idea of having that kind of really early pioneering make it really, really difficult, hard to get there to the core, I, I wish that had come off because I thought that sounded amazing. Yeah. I mean, I was there. It, the The genesis of that idea happened at Fantasticon that year. Uh, and it, it, and everybody was really looking forward. You could tell that everybody's making plans and and doing a lot of uh, thought about you know what we'd need to do to support each other and, and things like that. And I must admit, when I heard that someone had managed to get to the, the Galactic Center core after three days, I just felt so sorry for everybody who was involved in it because it just uh, the the amount of the, the sense of anticipation that people had just went i mean no not taking away anything from um 
Commander Romero because you could only plot 100 light years at the time. So plotting 26,000 light years, 100 light years at a time, is a serious feat. So it's taking nothing away from that achievement. It's just I think I was looking forward to the whole community bit doing it. Mm, yeah. Um, Crash, have you got any of these uh, player initiatives which you wish had happened? I, I, it's difficult to say. I mean, I didn't really get involved in a lot of them, unfortunately. I think it was just the timing of when they were introduced into the game. But, I mean, I did kind of stay abreast of what was going on and, and, and the ones that were there. I mean, obviously, Bridging the Gap comes to mind as we were just talking about the mega ship uh, that are going to, to Colonia now. And I know very early on, there, before the idea of having the mega ships you could land on, there was this concept of having a, a ferry going back and forth, which I, th- I thought was a good idea. And again, it kind of opens up more of the galaxy to, to players that maybe don't have the confidence to do the, the, the big trip to Colonia, as it were. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that one went ahead. Um, I don't think there's any one of them that I think I regret happening in, in that sense. I, I can't think of a negative one. I think any, any of them were a good idea. I wish they carried on going and... They kind of kept up the pace with them, and I feel like there's there's, there's quite a few things like that in, in Elite where these great ideas kind of bubble to the surface. They're tried for a little bit, but they just don't gain traction, and then they kind of fizzle out, which is a which is a real shame, you know. Because mm. you look back as far as like the Hutton mug event, I always go back to that is is my cornerstone on it. But that epitomized everything which I thought was great about the community very early on. You know, it was a, it was a crazy idea. It was a fun event. Loads of kind of uh, things just cropped up around it. Uh, they, they just kind of made it even more interesting and fun. You had a, you, and, you know, everyone got involved and made it made it a great event. And I would love to see more things that kind of echo that sort of community spirit. Um, yeah. I just feel like sometimes we, we are restricted and limited by the technology of the game and the fact that any event that is planned or organized has to be something which is um fits within the the, the constraints of the resources which are available it has to be you know relatively simple thing it has to be uh, something which is gives a module gives credits um it is consists of some in-game activities that already exist you know there can't be some specific event that fires off i mean one that i always see people talking about is, is the old uh, supernova missions from the original games um, everyone says oh it'd be a great idea great idea and it's like the trouble with that is these these one-off events that you have to be there to experience it excludes a lot of people and i think that's the that that's the point i'm getting to is it's, it's not any one of these events that I have an issue with, I think it's the the activity of having something which is done once and you can never go back and experience is a real shame. Mm. I mean, do you think that uh, a hut and run two might be a? a do, <laughs> do you think? Do you think we could capture that, or do you think it was lightning in a bottle? I do feel like it probably is one of those things we we're never going to have that feeling again. But I mean, I'd be up for that. I definitely do something completely crazy for a week long event. <laughs> yeah, to put out a call for if you want more Hutton mugs. I mean, that was the birth of Hutton Orbital Radio. Yes, exactly, exactly. We want that. If we can get a bobblehead, if we can convince Frontier to make a mug shaped bobblehead, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be in. Yeah. Um, back to you, Shan. Well, the, the event I would like a sequel to. And um, it was an event run by the Sovereignty, if you remember those guys. Oh, yeah, and they had a charity stream 
in which what they did is they gave people all a bog standard Viper build, I think it was. And then for monetary donations, people would then say, okay, I'll pay 10 quid to give Crash a railgun, or I'll pay 20 quid to give Colin Class A thrusters or something like that. So by paying money, people upgraded their ship, and then they'd have a PvP kind of deathmatch league. And that was immense fun and quite inventive. Plus, it raised quite a lot of money for charity as well. So I wish people would do that sort of thing again because it was a really good initiative and really fun to have that. <laughs> yeah, pay to win, anybody? Actually, no, well, it's, it's good. charity. Then you know, it's not. It's, it's it's charity to win, isn't it? Really. <laughs> I mean, that does sound like getting sponsors to help you out in the Hunger Games, really, doesn't it? I think that's where they based it on, actually. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, is it true you can't get the Hutton Orbital decal anymore? No, you can get the Hutton Orbital decal, uh, but oh, you've you got can. to earn it. Yes, you got to earn it um, oh. by using and, and all that sort of thing. Oh, right. So it's, it's a, a specific thing from the Hutton Orbital truckers yeah. in order to get the, the decal. Gotcha. Yeah, right. basically. Right. But you can't get it for just by doing random stuff in the game. Yes. Basically, there is, there is, they're doing it at the moment with uh, the stuff with the help and helper, like anyone. So that, that was mine. Um, anyway, I guess I've yeah. got more which said never happened ones than I have ones that want sequels because I, I think we tend to remember the negative ones rather than the ones that went on and uh, and that. Well, uh, I mean, I must admit, I think a lot of people are wanting, um, <laughs> yeah, we, um. I think one of the things that, that a lot of people would like, it would be a Distant Worlds 3. Now, I think this one, Distant Worlds 2, I thought was really good to begin with. But then um, I think it it felt like it petered out once a lot of people got to the centre of the galaxy. Um, the second leg from going to all the way to, to Beagle Point seemed to be a little bit less enthusiastic. And then it took absolutely ages for everyone to come home. Um I mean, would you, anybody else be up for a, a Distant Worlds 3? Yes. However. 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 <laughs> the FOMO is real at the moment. There's a lot of stuff going on in the bubble. <laughs> so the, the question is, the yes. question is, do you, do I, um, I work my ass off on a second account to get it um, engineered and then go out there but not have my name on new planets, not have my, my commander name on new planets, have a different commander name on new planets, but know that it's me, but nobody else knows that it makes, it's me. Or do I send Psyche out and get yeah. names on um, planets, but then have a really shitty half account at home? What, 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 do, what do I do, Colin? <laughs> well, I, I've taken the former. I mean, I, like I said, I've got my, um, the, the Phoenix to Fire, Commander is flying around in the sanctimonious, um, all the all the way doing all the uh, all the the stuff the you know the plot that's happening at the moment. While my um, steam commander, um, she is is heading towards Colonia even now. Uh, and the thing is, I, I find that I'm enjoying heading out with the uh, the steam commander exploring. It is it's very weird. I'm not missing the the plot as much as I thought I would. Um, Shan? Um, I went on uh, the second Distant World 
with my shenanigans account and because i'd already been that way with with shan um will i go on a sequel i'm not sure i would to be fair because it would need to be substantially different to be the second one and also i think it would need to be a challenge and I, I don't mean in terms of the time invested, because I think the pace of the second one was about right. You know, the 5,000 light years a week or something it was. But I don't know. The first one was amazing because getting to Beagle Point in a non-engineered ship was an achievement. You know, and we all remember Ed Lewis's um, lunchtime streams where he was trying to get back without navigating <laughs> So that sort of thing, but I think engineering has made it a bit easy to do that. So I don't know, maybe you distant world three could be you have to do it in fleet carriers. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, is there uh, any event which you wish hadn't happened? Now I've got one, but um, I want to to leave it till last. Want to see if anybody else says it as well. Um, okay, Shan, you've got two. Go on. Well, I, I think I know which one you'll choose, and it, and it starts with the word S-A-L. But anyway, let's, um, <laughs> let, let, I'll, I'll just do mine then. Um, there was a charity stream, and I think it was done by the Hammers, as Hammers of Slough and the Sovereignty and a few others. There was a charity stream, again, uh, another one, and there were so many charity streams going on in the years of things been amazing. But what happened was, um, I think it was Kate Russell was on her way to be the, to do her bit in the charity stream, and she kept getting interdicted and killed yeah. by a certain commander who should never even be in the game at that point. And it was a really jerky, horrible—I won't swear on stream—but anyway, it was a real thing to do. And as a result, it took her two hours. To, she was two hours late for the event, and in that two hours, a lot of money could have been raised because of that one moron doing that. So the interruption of charity streams and things like that by gankers, you think it's funny. Uh, yeah, that's definitely not repeat that. Okay. Um, it's like it. You have one and a half, have you? Well, no, I have, I have like, like, like a half one um, because I think it's one of those ones which is uh, funny to look back at and I'm really glad that it happened in the way that it did. However, when it did happen, I don't necessarily would say that it was really a play heart it was a player driven event when the when the the gnosis jumped into the yeah into that that um system and um all hell hell broke loose and there were people who were automatically getting um bounties because they were shooting close to the ship and then they yeah. got teleported miles like really really far away and it was um a um a fuster cluck of <laughs> the most um marvelous proportions that in that you can you can look back on it and think yeah that was really really funny that was that was that was something really funny but for for those commanders who were there at the time yeah it was it was um really really disheartening and horrible so which is why i'm saying like it's it's like half a one half of one because i'm glad that it's happened because it feels like there's a little bit of a learn from our mistakes yes. thing that went along with it but at the same time i i kind of wish it hadn't well no i, I would i mean i'm with you on this because what happened with me was that i wasn't feeling well at the time so i missed the um the Galnet news article that went out too early. Uh, 
And by the time I logged into the game, they had fixed the issue with the mega ship shooting down other people. And I knew that this was going to be interdicted anyway. Because you just when the Eagle Eye network was was pointing, all the all the satellites were pointing at the same system where the Genosis was, you knew something was going to go wrong. So I wasn't going out there in my exploration ship. I was going out there in my anti-Thargoid ship. So when I launched from the Gnosis at that time, I had a great week of a Battlestar Galactic Galactica like defending the mega ship as it got repaired. And I, I thought it was brilliant. And I didn't understand what had gone wrong before. And so when it worked, it was great. But for the people who got caught up in it not working, it must have been a right kick in the... Yeah. Teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Those two. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yes, I, I suppose I should do my one then. And, and the controversially, I hated the Salome event. I really did. Uh, I mean, I know that it... Um, uh, it it did a it brought a whole lot of people together and there, there was a whole lot of organisation both for and against and things like that. But oh, the amount of damage it did to the community afterwards was phenomenal. And it was incredibly divisive, wasn't it? And it was just and 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 the, and the, am I allowed to swear on stream? Would we have to be polite? Yeah, I think I think we'll allow it this time. Well, what what bugged me was the fact that Wanker, who should never have been in the game after exploiting <laughs> the game 5,000 times previously, got infamy because of a pointless act caused by a bug and him being a wanker. I Yeah, that was it. I, I don't mind the result because the narrative, Salome had to die. That was kind of the natural end of that story. So the fact she died isn't the issue. It was how it was done and all the glorification of being a wanker that Put me off it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, uh, it was just one of those issues where you kind of knew that you would want this kind of event to work, but it just, I don't think the infrastructure was there to make it work properly. And it just, oh, I don't know. The, the amount of, oh, no, don't, don't use weapons. If you go, if you have weapons, when then we're going to shoot you down, and you just knew, oh come on, that is a someone setting someone up here in Eve-like proportions, and yeah, it did turn out exactly how. Um, actually, Grant jokingly said the week before that aforementioned commander will will shoot down Salome, and. Uh, the smugness he radiated for being right for the next couple of months was unbelievable. Um, Psychic? Sort of um, on a on a little bit of a par with that. Um, I'm, I, I loved, I, I love like mass jumps. Mass jumps are some of like my favourite things to see in, in game. I think that's awesome. Um, but big, big events where you, uh, that rely, and we, we, we've t we touched on that earlier, <coughs> that are like time zone exclusive. Oh, God, I'm yeah. I'm not super keen on I like like for example I love the buckyball races because it, everything is a time trial, and so anytime that um like 
when we had our hand in doing a um when when we as in um my faction had a hand in like setting up a buckyball-esque type of event we wanted to make sure that it was a time trial so that anybody who was anywhere on any um on on any horizon odyssey pc console could or everyone could be involved um and i i'm i'm not super keen on like time zone exclusive things having come from a faction that was incredibly incredibly us based and being up at stupid o'clock in the morning to take part in some of their things um it i i like to steer clear of doing things like that because it it alienates a lot of people okay crush yeah, it, I, I think it echoes what I was saying earlier on, definitely. It's a real shame when there's one of those things, because I, I like to be inclusive enough that everyone can get involved and see these events, and I hate it when it's something which, oh, did you see that one? And someone tells you about it, like, two months later, which has happened to me on a couple of things. And I was like, oh, it's like, no, I was, you know, I was too busy. I was on holiday or something. I, I don't like things like that. So it's a real shame when that happens. Um, but again, it is tricky in this environment that elite exists within it's kind of this this mmo like environment we've got to have events that change the nature of the galaxy like like colonia being discovered and, and so on and so forth uh there's no way of going back it's not like wow classic you can't go back to an earlier time you know it's it's a real shame yeah i mean we used to have these things these uh events as part of the matrix online because the matrix online used to yeah. It's got the same kind of thing. It's it was a very sandboxy, very grindy game. But the one thing that made the game good was the fact you had these sort of GM covered events. But what they were able to do was they were able to use those events and create missions of them and you used to be able to visit them in a in a matrix archive. And I I do feel that sometimes I wish there was a, some kind of archive that you could say, right, okay, let's get involved with that process again. Um, you got a, a positive one there, Sean. Uh, yes, uh, one I used to take part in and help out quite a bit was the Sidewinder Sports Day in Slough. <laughs> we had a, a, a number of events um, that were in, really in, inventive and quite silly and stupid, but they were great fun. So I, that sort of thing, I, I kind of I miss that sort of happening again. But it's interesting you're talking about events in other games and prepare your drinks because um, the, the, the guild I still run but ran in Guild Wars 1, um, every Chinese New Year what would happen in the game is um, the players were challenged to go around the world gathering ingredients and then you hand them into a chef and then everyone in your instance would get given a, uh, a miniature sort of pet or something like that. It'd be worth having anyway. Um, so one, so one day um, I said, "Oh, wouldn't it be good if we just went and got a set of ingredients and kind of like gave everyone in our instance a, a pet, so they didn't actually, um, they didn't actually have to do anything." So my, my, my guild kind of took hold of that initiative, and uh, we kept it going for twenty-four hours over the entire weekend and gave pets to 32,000 players in total during that event. And so, and I miss that sort of scale of event in Elite, not the 32,000, but that ability to give of yourself, of your time, whatever, to be able to help other people and 
that sort of event. And that's what I liked about the Sidewinder Sports Stage, the charity events, some of the stuff other people did. That's the sort of thing I really enjoyed because when done well, they stick in the memory. I'll agree with that because, uh, yeah, there's been a couple of, I mean, I I think the the one event that really sticks in my mind, and I wish that they they do a replacement of this one, the the Lou event seemed to, I think it was one of the first community goals that used wings. Um, I know it's pretty much lightning in a bottle trying to recreate something like that, but um, oh, it, because at that point it felt like um, once you chose one side, you couldn't choose the other. So if you sided with the Federation, that's it. You couldn't go with the Empire. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, I just felt it was... Um, I, I suppose you always remember your first, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, we, we, we cover Community Corner each, each week. And for... People hopefully will forgive me on on stream if I if I've forgotten something. But has there been anything like if you like the Sidewinder Sports Day and those sort of silly events that we talked about recently, or has it been more of a um, a, a one off small scale thing? I'm trying to remember, and please forgive me again if I if I've missed something out. But um, I mean, apart from I mean the apart from I think the uh, race management app that we've seen with with Alec lately I don't think I've I've seen anything silly organized like that in quite a while I'm afraid to say I mean obviously there's an expedition happening at the moment because uh, Sally Morgan Moore is on on that at the moment and she's thoroughly enjoying doing all the mass jumps that are there but um just doing daft stuff. Well, I do know that um, uh, Down to Earth Astronomy and Ghost Giraffe have been both trying to <laughs> do daft stuff, trying to get commanders to EVA. In other words, they're trying to get commanders into orbit in just the spacesuit. <laughs> yeah, I did see that one. It was a, it was a, it was a planet with a browned point one G, and find nice little nice little geyser somewhere. That's little geezer, dodgy geezer on a crater, and uh, <laughs> jump jump into it, and you can launch yourself up into the air, quit to menu, and then when you come back in, you are effectively in orbit in a suit, which is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, I mean, I remember seeing a scorbus try and do something like that, where they were doing um, uh, what can only be described as a, a sort of a, a stairway to heaven. Where what would happen was they'd have uh, one commander starts and he jumps on top of uh, uh, a ship, and then another ship would um, line up just behind it and a bit higher. So you, the commander would then jump from one ship to the other and then just go up and up and up and up and further until they get got into orbit. The highest they managed to get was fifteen kilometers, which, when you think about it, they're only going up sort of like five meters at a time. <laughs> Yeah, so silly things do still happen, Shan. It's just um, I don't think they're as well publicised as they used to be. Yeah, I was just thinking, as as you were mentioning, that that perhaps we should encourage people to do 
that sort of thing again because we're seeing an awful lot of division and strife and arguing and toxicity and goodness knows what else in the community at the moment. Some of it's the negative stuff is justified, sometimes it's not, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm just wondering whether, you know, you we have community events where just draw people together, have a silly fun time will help join things together a bit again. I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm being naive and wistful thinking, but it does need something, I think, to pull people in and remember the game can be fun. Um, yeah. I mean, I must, yeah, I must admit, I mean, I do want to, uh, I'm going to drop Alec a call at, at some point and see whether or not I can join in on one of those um, SRV race. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I have to join in one of, one of the SRV races because they look a lot of fun. The problem is getting, um, <laughs> getting to, uh, Certain places uh, by a certain time can be quite difficult. It's always down to the, the time zones and whether free time is available. Um, yeah, Commander Ventura did say, um, it's obvious that you don't listen to Hutton Orbital News because they're always doing silly things. Um, sorry, you had the glass challenge with the birds. Yeah, no, we did the we did the fill the glass challenge um, back in August. That had a really good turnout. That was really fun. You did that, Colin. Remember, you were right at the bottom of the leaderboard. <laughs> what, what what did we have to do? The, Collecting I, booze and taking it to Glass Landing. Oh God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and well, we had um, then the. <laughs> The Burr Pits set up this amazing Halloween event, which was really, really, really fun. And then, um, and there were so many commanders there, like just stuff stopped working in general. That was really good fun. Um, there's been, there's been a couple, there were a couple sort of dotted about here and there, um, like really fun events. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think we'll actually put out a call to to uh, to the community in general to say, listen, if you've got a daft event and you want you want people to know about it, send it our way. We'll spread the news as far as we can. And, and uh, I think when it also it's going to be really really helpful when they find um, Zach's idea of this community calendar finally goes up because I think we'll we'll oh, yeah. see we'll see more stuff coming up and more interesting um events I, being held. I completely forgot that he was trying to do that. Hope it's still on the um on the docket because that would be really good. Mm, yes. Um so yeah it's it's going to it's going to have to be uh, something that you know one of the things about the elite is the community and it's when the community works together it can it can it's a fantastic game to be involved in but when it, it gets so decisive like the uh or derisive like the uh salome event or if you go on the forums right now then it, it can be horrible sometimes <laughs> so yeah i suppose just like any other mmo out there at the moment um right well i think that's kind of come to an end unless anybody has got one final point they want to bring up. Well, I would just like to underline the invitation you just did, Colin, is that you know the, the fact we can't remember stuff doesn't mean to say it didn't happen. It's it's that let us know, you know, we are we, we tend to have a few listeners uh, dotted around the world. So give us sufficient notice and detail and we'll we'll plug them. We even have a section for it. Yeah. Um Commander Ventura. Hello. Right, so what I was trying to say was on 
Hutton Orbital, they do a lot of the community bit during the news. So, yes, it is always a good idea for the community to actually send in stuff to the shows. So, yeah, because then we can spread the word uh, and get other people involved. Okay, thanks. Okay. <laughs> there we have our, our public service announcement from our Hutton Orbital radio representative there. Uh, right. On the subject of community, on to Community Corner. Well, uh, Operation I, I, IDA, or IDA, um, they are now fixing ARC's faith for the third time in HR 1183. So um, if you wish to, to help repair that station, that's where they're up to and that's where they're focusing their efforts. Um, from the Anti-Xeno Initiative, from their Thargoid Watch website, it's still the same three systems that they're working on. Uh, Pleiades Sector PD-S, B4-0, um, Muscadark Region, PJ-P, B6-1, and um, Evangelis in the Colsac Nebula, uh, all seem to have... Um, they've, they've made headway, but unfortunately... Um, they haven't managed to clear the infestation from those those systems yet, and yet another four systems have come under Thargoid attack. So it does feel like this is an overwhelming um, uh, Thargoid invasion, uh, but they haven't headed towards the bubble yet. They seem to be just attacking in nebulas. Um, now, this is the big... Uh, Big one of interest to, I think, uh, a few people. Um, on the 10th of December, um, Frontier are doing a Christmas community meetup. Now, this is uh, in Cambridge uh, on, on Friday the 10th. Uh, and it's a genuine meetup where you end up meeting another other people face to face. It's uh, all proceeds from any ticket sales uh, and raffle tickets are going to the special effect charity. Uh, and um, yes, it's, um, I must admit, I bought my ticket straight away. And then I think two, three hours later, they started talking about the Omicron on, on whatever variant it is of COVID. <laughs> Bloody hell. Shan? Yeah, as I was hitting refresh at, um, uh, at five o'clock, like I think quite a few people were. I mean, I know uh, my. I know I said I wouldn't spend another penny on Frontier, and that's still true because it's all going to special effect, which makes it even more worthwhile. So I'm definitely going uh, on the uh, on the tenth. Worked my transport and arranging it out. To be fair, I'm not that worried about the Omicron variant um, because a it's not everywhere at the moment. B we. The, the likelihood and the signs are it's, um, it may be more transmissible, but it doesn't hit as hard as Delta. And C, I'll, I'll have a mask. D, I've triple jabbed. And E, I've done as much as I can do because I refuse to put my life on hold anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> funniest thing that I saw on social media this week is this is not how I wanted to learn the Greek alphabet. So. Well, someone did. Someone did. So, someone did point out that uh, that Xi Xi is the uh, is the next letter, and of course, um, who is the chairman of the Communist Party in China? So they, they're speculating that's why it's not the Xi variant. 
Mm. <laughs> um, well, uh, Commander Ventura, Top Shift One Thirty One is still in progress. As I, as as I run around doing delivery missions in that blooming adder. <laughs> <laughs> if you could put a little ting at the end of that, that'd be great. You know, like the cowboy spit ting. Um, yes, uh, I must admit, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to be taking down the Elite Miniatures game. So, if anybody wants to to have a game of that while we're down there, that'd be. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to run a couple of games. So uh, um, I take it it's not appealing to you, Psychic? It was. It would be appealing to me. But um, I have I have something else happening next mm-hmm. week um, that um, I am devoting all of my chronically pained and ill spoons to. So I legitimately would not have the energy or the capability to go to, um, to Friday's event. I would love to, but I cannot do both. Yes. Um, I do believe tickets are still available at the moment, but they are running out and there's only supposed to be a hundred tickets anyway. That's interesting. I expect them to be sold out in like an hour because when they've gone, tickets go on sale. They're sold out within an hour, aren't they? Usually, do they? Do they? We don't. We normally like announce SlaveCon a little bit more than two weeks in advance. So we do. Yeah, that uh, might be the thing. Yeah, we we normally announce them two weeks in advance, and on top of well, more than two weeks in advance, and on top of that, we have to release them in batches because if we release them all in one go, they'd all go in one go, and for some people, it's uh, yeah. But so also, why didn't they Christmas- more? Chris Mark Four makes a, a, a excellent points. So sort of yes, it's also very close to Christmas when people are are doing Christmassy things uh, and presents. So money isn't as as available as it should be, and also that you you can discount that some people are going to be put off because of the pandemic. Yeah, I'm just wondering why they wait, why they didn't you know give people longer to think about it, get transport because it was what it's two weeks away. So they gave people two weeks' notice. I'm just wondering why they left us at short notice. I realise there's only 100 people can go, but still, you'd think... I, I think it was it was a whim on Arthur's part um, because he would... There was the saying about two, three weeks ago, it's just an idea, this is just something we're running past people. I think they just had an idea of, why, why can't we try that? Crash. Yeah, it's a shame. I, I echo that same sentiment. Is uh, I would like to do it. I am desperately trying to figure out some way I can do it. Um, and by the time I arrange childcare, I'm sure the tickets would have sold out. So <laughs> I'll try. Still, I'd like. I'd like to see you guys. It'd be nice to meet up in Meat Space for for once. Um, meat but, Space. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. It can happen. Yeah. Well, um, here's something for for. Um, uh, for Shan to chew over. Um, you know how you were saying that you you absolutely hate Five Times Elite? Well, you're going to have to congratulate Commander Musketeer, who has now worked out that he has just hit Elite for the 10th time at CQC. I think that deserves a round of applause. It, it does, it does. I mean... <laughs> So, so basically, he is now elite ten times over at CQ. I mean, it's bloody hell! I mean, I had to look at his stats and <laughs> thirty thousand victories. Yeah, that's some serious endurance. That's a lot of CQC. <laughs> that's more CQC than I could certainly stomach. Oh, I don't know. I think 
I, I could stomach a lot of CQC. I mean, uh, I was talking to Chagan and, and Jay and Trax about the Loose Screws podcast do a CQC night, which is actually probably going to be on tonight. So um, <laughs> if people were interested. Uh, <laughs> and Musketeer turned up to one of their sessions and basically just wiped the floor with them. He's that, he is literally that good. It's like playing, it's like your, your average TIE fighter pilot going up against a Jedi. And it's <laughs> not going to work. Anyway, um, so we just like to take our hats off to the Musketeer for just basically owning everybody's ass whenever you go into a CQC arena. It's, it's yeah. a phenomenal thing to think, to watch. And I just wish there was a spectator when some more people could watch it. But that'll get me started on CQC stuff. And, and we don't want to go there just now. Um, yeah, and uh, Obsidian Ant came out with a new video which showed the results of his uh, poll. Uh, he put out a poll for, uh, four or five days ago saying um, some of the stuff about um, uh, how people's reaction is going to be from Odyssey, about Odyssey. And let's just say it was not overwhelmingly uh, positive. Um he was saying that about th approximately 30% or one in three really um, are, are happy or satisfied with uh, Odyssey while there's another 10% which say they're not bothered about it and then another whacking sort of like 52% which said we're not going to touch uh, Odyssey with a, with a barge pole. And I just thought, well... All I can say is that I am actually still enjoying Odyssey. But, I, I think yeah. the actual, I think the thing, the, well, the caveat to that was, I think the the question that got, if you like, the most negative response wasn't I hate it, it's just I don't plan to play it in 2022. And then the other, the middle one is I'm going to play it until a game I plan to buy is going to come out. In other words, it's there to pass the time. Mm. But, but to give him fairness, he did focus quite a bit on the 30% or whatever it was of people who were enjoying the content who were, who was playing the game and stated that given it's only his audience, it's not like everyone in the game. He didn't go around and ask every commander. It's, it's of the people who watch his videos and can be bothered to vote. That's the shape of the responses. So, it's an indicator. I don't think it's the whole picture. Yeah, as I mean, yeah, I'm, I must admit, I'm getting tired of all the uh, "We Hate Odyssey" videos that are coming out at the moment. And yeah, uh, I, I did. A, I did a quick look back. Is the last, the last outright negative one, uh, and did was back in July. I think it was. I did sort of go back. So I don't know. I, I, it, there's something strange going on in the community, and this is what we talked about having a this division. You either love it or you hate it, and it's almost like leave and remain, you know. And it just needs to be things that bring people together to try and remember what's fun about it, and more importantly, about the people behind the keyboard. Mm. Yeah. It. Uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah, well, that's Obsidian Ant's new video. Uh, so make of that what you will. Uh, and, uh, well, I guess we'll we'll move on. Has anybody got... Yeah, make fun number one, says Crash. Yes, I completely agree with that. Um, right. 
Now, has anybody got any other business that they want to bring up before I go through the, the shout-outs? I wouldn't mind bringing up something. Oh, I mean, it's, it's a tiny bit um, controversial. Um, I've seen a lot of people snipping at each other over which space games they choose to play. I've right. seen a lot of this happen on Twitter recently. Mm-hmm. And... Public service announcement. Stop yeah. policing each other's fun. It was c- Crash just reminded me of it. Nobody's fun is wrong. Please stop policing each other's fun. If somebody enjoys something that you don't enjoy, please don't like rib on them for it. It's okay to have different opinions. Mm. But like it's like we're we're in such a fortunate position, and I've t- I've said this so many times. I feel like I'm a broken record right now. But we're in such a fortunate <laughs> position in that. If you want to play a space game, you can play a space game. And it, a lot of these space games are great and immersive and fun. And um, have your fun. Enjoy your space games. I can think a few years ago or like a, a, a few years ago, I couldn't pick up a space game or a space game that I could really get my teeth into and enjoy or really probably would even think that I would be enjoying the space games in the multitude of space games that we currently have. Um, just play, play a space game. If one space game isn't scratching that particular itch, use a different space game to scratch that itch. They have a multitude of options. It's great. Enjoy it. But Paul Archer is wrong about the Ask Scout. I'm just saying that that is wrong. What the fact that he actually likes to fly. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, Paul, but you're wrong. I cannot have you have that fun. But sorry, I'll, I'll get down off my soapbox now. But I've seen it a couple of times and I'm just like, just like enjoy, enjoy the time that you have to enjoy the things that you enjoy. Gah! Yeah, I must admit, I'm getting this, I get the same kind of thing when I, I do put out a top shift. Sort of, I do get a lot of, why well, are you still playing this crap? Mm-hmm. And I'm there going, because I enjoy it. And uh, I can't try Star Citizen because my machine doesn't run it. I think just in, just in general, I, I, I'm not sure it's limited to just what space game you have. It's just people. I mean, you see it everywhere. I mean, I see it in the electric car forums and groups I belong to. Oh, you didn't buy this car, did you? That's a waste of money, blah, blah, blah. Or you you, know, you even see it when it comes down to people's choices of trainers or something. You know, as soon as you spend money and time on something, there'll be some someone somewhere who wants to say you're wrong because they'd spent the money and don't want to feel as though they wasted it. And it's just people. I, I don't think it's a particular thing. It's just people being moron. You know, being I, I, like just, I, I have just seen it really prevalent within like the elite dangerous space. And um, the thing that we're also really lucky with um, elite dangerous with star citizen with no man's sky with X, Y, and Z other games, a lot of um, uh, like these communities are, are so, are so, welcoming and inclusive and if and and, and we're we're super fortunate to to um be representative of a um of one of those uh uh inclusive um inclusive amazing communities and just like enjoy it enjoy the time that you have because yeah, yeah. the world is shit 
You see, I, I've tended to find they're very welcoming until you express an opinion that's against the groupthink, and then they're not as welcoming. Uh, okay, Crash? Yeah, I, I think, as, as I've said in the chat there, it's, it's, it's tribalism. But it's it happens everywhere, be it video games, be it car manufacturing preference, or football teams, you name it. Tribes will be tribes. Humans are always going to be the same. It's one of those things you just can't drill it out of the nature of human beings, I think. Well, okay, and in that world... Uh... <laughs> A moment where we've we've suddenly realised that we're work we're living in a real world again, and um, I think we shall move on to some uh, shout outs. Uh, so first off, of course, Dockers doing their charity Christmas filthy special. I, th- I think we got infect- infected by it last night uh, last week, and again, I can only apologise. <laughs> so, if you want more or more of that kind of filth, um, go to www.justgiving.com/team/beyond-dockers. <clears throat> now, as um, uh, Commander Ventura pointed out, Psychic, don't you dare! <laughs> as um, our sister, as Psychic, uh, as Commander Ventura quite kindly pointed out, our sister station Hutton Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. You can tune in at twitch.tv Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you want the audio go to radio.forthemug.com uh, For the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, and see if you can take out Commander Musketeer, then you can check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash CQC. Um, we're also going to give a shout out to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts. So there's Allegrab AM, Black Sky Legion, Canon Podcast, the Spanish Speakers Have the Elite Cast, there's a Fatherhood Podcast. Um, who is on Flight Assist this week? Commander Psych- Katie Chaos. Who is, a, is the same age, she's actually older than me. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, those people do exist, Colin. <laughs> I know, I just didn't. Apart from Shan, obviously, but I didn't. I thought I was the one of the oldest. You see, ah, uh, okay. Just hold out. Do you think I am, Colin? Sixty-seven. <laughs> I know what top pick is. I tell you. Ah, uh, dear. Yeah, actually, I've listened to the flight assist this morning. Uh, this morning on the on the bike in. So I, yeah, well recommended. Um, so the guard frequency, um, loose screws. Um, squeaking fuel and system chat and for those that want a literary discussion about sci-fi and fantasy books then there's the data slate podcast as provided by station commander alan stroud now following this we should have the latest galnet news digest as provided by commander witherspoon and commander beetle jude uh, and we'd like to thank everybody who's chipped in on the twitch chat and um I wonder, Chris Mark Four, have you had a lot of people uh, saying or waving to you? Yeah, we've had quite a few tonight, actually. We've had uh, Karen right. Soka 42 has just turned up at Leif Station. We've got Miggles, uh, Hayden Wills, uh, Void Flames earlier on tried to launch me into orbit when I jumped on top of his ship. And Commander Crash has been hanging about Leif Station as well. Oh, right. Okay. We'll see how we'll, we'll have to get the security droids on him as quickly as possible. Uh, uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Uh, we'll also say special thanks to Commander Togoso, who created the uh, intro music for um, uh, the introduction of this show. 
now that is it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com. Hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us at laveradio. Uh, and you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. Uh, we also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat. And you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you've got any questions or if there's anything you'd like to discuss in a future episode. And can we also ask, if it's not too much trouble, um, give us a rate and review on either iTunes or um, uh, whatever podcast or the uh, podcatcher that you use. Because um, I think it's nice that we just get the occasional bit of um, uh, sunshine up the bottom, I think. Um, how much did Ben say he'd pay per five-star review again? I hate to think. Actually, the mind boggles. Yeah, so uh, think of a think of a favour you want Ben to do for you. <laughs> Involving pizza. <laughs> Involving anything, really. I mean, he's very open-minded. No, uh, uh, People who know Dockers will understand what Ben means by pizza. <laughs> See, it's gone, infected, it's gone and infected me again. I didn't want that. Anyway, um, so, yeah, if you could just drop us a, a review and give us a rating, we really appreciate it because it does help uh, us with the uh, with the algorithms and we want to be number one in New Zealand, not number five. <laughs> uh, yes. For those of you who are interested, the Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and then streamed out at laveradio.com slash live and on YouTube and on Twitch and on Facebook. So thanks to Crash, thanks to Shan and thanks to Psychit. And special thanks goes to today's tech specialist, which I do believe is Commander Ventura. Yes, that's me. It is, yes. I didn't know whether it was you or Chris, but um, <laughs> until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, Fly dangerous. Is your life like this? Is that what some kind of orange insertant? Need a safe word. Space can be known. I'm going to see the galaxy. seconds I'll be right back.
Internet News Digest, 30th of November 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, ACT closes in on Theta 7. The Drifting Dredger. Thargoids make headway as Tanner arrested. Cat steals robots and other stories. Despite attempts to bribe pilots to assist their cause, the NMLA has lost the battle for supremacy in Madrid. The Epsilon Fanasis Empire Group has an unassailable military stranglehold on the system, thanks largely to those who fought alongside them to prevent the bomb maker Theta-7 from escaping the far god megaship Sacrosanct and rejoining the Neo-Marlinists aboard the hijacked Steel Majesty. Together, they could have instigated another bombing campaign, targeting starports in their bid to overthrow the Imperial Duval dynasty and recreate the original Republic of the murdered Marlin Duval. Separately, they are vulnerable to detention by the Imperial faction. Can they escape in their megaships? If they try, they're likely to be tracked down in hours. Can they threaten their hostages? The Epsilon Fanasis Empire Group has already made it clear that it will not allow itself to be prevented from eliminating Theta-7 just because of a few hundred hostages. But it seems likely that the arrests will be attempted on Thursday. Will this finally put an end to the NMLA? Repairs are nearing completion on the Scrivener's Clan Dredger as it prepares to jump away from the Orion University megaship Scientia Aeterna, which has held it detained for more than six weeks following an ownership claim. There was a huge turnout of pilots wanting to both contribute to the Scrivener's Knowledge Corps and to repair the Dredger. Orion University has given up its claim to the Dredger and has also admitted that it cannot persuade the Scriveners to allow Orion University staff on board to participate in the scientific research of the clan. The Dredger and its precious information are soon likely to jump away into obscurity. There have been reports that the Scientia Aeterna has been manoeuvring closer to the Dredger, perhaps to mass-lock it. The two ships certainly seem very close when viewed from the bar, but there seems little concern from those on board the Orion University ship about the imminent departure of the ship they were sent to reclaim. Seventeen systems are suffering Thargoid incursions, according to Thargoid Watch. And most of those systems still have a massive presence. The Thargoid presence in systems invaded in the five weeks since Salvation used his secret weapon to clear Thargoids out of Kornsar appears to be far harder to shift than previously. Work is underway to clear Pleiades Sector PD-S, B4-0 of Thargoids, and it seems feasible that it can be achieved this week. However, if two or three more systems are attacked on Thursday, we will still be losing ground to the Thargoid invasion. Admiral Tanner, who believes that Salvation provoked the Thargoids into this far more stubborn and hard-to-shift invasion by the use of his super-weapon, is to stand trial for mutiny after he unilaterally attacked Taurus Mining Ventures in Titori in a failed bid to find out more about Salvation. If convicted, he is likely to remain in prison for the rest of his life. The consequences for Aegis and Salvation could hardly be more significant. With Tanner out of the way and the Bauman report likely to castigate Aegis's poor management, 
you just will be a spent force. And salvation and his secret weapon would have become the only option for repelling the Thargoid invasion. Within the last 24 hours, the Federal Congress has been considering whether to remove funding from Aegis entirely, instead using the funds to support the development of Salvation's super weapon. And military support for Salvation may be provided by both Imperial and Alliance navies. This is all despite neither the Federation, Empire or Alliance having any idea who Salvation actually is. Meanwhile, the defunded and partially suspended Aegis continues to do its job as best it can by providing the repair and rearm megaships in systems that have been invaded by Thargoids. The kleptomaniac villain known as the Winking Cat has struck several times since the theft of a ceremonial playing card from the Joker's deck gambling club. In addition to an enormous portrait of one of the ancient Duval emperors, they've stolen a state-of-the-art security robot. Quite what they're planning remains mysterious, but they're causing bafflement and entertainment in equal measures. In other news, gatekeeper megaships have been established to ensure that permits for permit lock systems can still be obtained, even if the issuing faction is only otherwise present in the permit lock system. And the Colonia Bridge Initiative will be establishing a number of starports along the route to Colonia starting in early January and will be offering double-engineered frameshift rides again to participants. With the revelation that four crew multi-crew ships get nine energy pips to play with, commanders are looking forward to the day when there are seven crew ships, perhaps the Panther Clipper. That'll mean 12 pips and an end to pip management. The Alliance Crusader, Anaconda, Beluga, Federal Corvette, Imperial Cutter, Type 9 and Type 10 ships all support a crew of four. Finally, enterprising commanders have discovered a way to get a commander into space without a ship, and apparently not subject to the gravity of the planet below. The trick is to find a low-gravity world with active geysers and to jump into one of these to get flung several hundred metres into the sky, once at the top of the arc, turning off the suit computer, and then logging back into it again makes the galaxy somehow forget there's a moon with a gravitational pull not very far away and the commander is then able to use their jetpack to fly around, land on passing spacecraft using their mag boots, and otherwise fritter away some time in a novel and interesting way. It's pointless, but for the commander who's tried everything else, why not bring along 21 friends and an umpire and play a game of zero-g cricket? And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. (laughs) 